Welcome to Vintage Burn. This is Daddy Kev. Big Marco. Clicky Marco. And Doug. <laughs> Happy New Year to everybody. It is 2022. We're still somewhat in a pandemic, but we are really hoping for a great year. And uh, I, first and foremost, I just want to take a moment and thank everybody who has listened to the podcast. Uh, just to go over a couple of statistics here from the last couple of years that uh, me and the guys have been doing this podcast. We've had over 3,232 downloads. And uh, we've had people from countries like Germany and Sweden and Norway and Spain and Ireland and Scotland in the UK listening to us. And honestly, it is more than I think we could ask for. We never pictured that we would even have uh, 10 downloads. So once again, thank you guys so much for listening, whoever's out there. We really, 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 really appreciate you guys giving us a chance. Whoop, whoop. 100%, you know, especially now where I swear podcasts are more relevant than ever just because uh, the – you know, there's so much alone time, it seems now, like even even after all the shutdowns, which I I swear were like a step or two away from again, you know, I hate to say that and people aren't going to stand for it. And that's a whole nother podcast in itself. But, you know, people have had a lot of downtime the past year, two years, even a couple of months since COVID has been raging again. So we do appreciate everybody who's kind of dicked around on on um, the different platforms and kind of yeah. poked on and downloaded a few. For sure, man. Um, it, it there have been a lot of artists that have have made podcasts. For sure, you've seen a lot of people coming out. Um, I'm even listening to one. I think it's called Stoke the Fire. It's uh, Jesse Leach from Killswitch and some English dude that's been in a bunch of bands. He like travels around and and is kind of like a uh, um, just a, like a studio musician on the road. So. That's just one example. I know there's a million out there, man. Everybody has a podcast, and that all started definitely during the pandemic. So um, yeah, man. You know, but for you us, got, you've got Rob, Rob Robbie Flynn from Machine Head. He's got one. Yeah. And then you got the New York Hardcore Chronicles, which is my personal favorite. There you go. I listen to that one all the time. Props to big ups to Drew Stone. He'll never listen to this, but big ups. <laughs> He's listening now. You talking about? Yeah. Hopefully, that'd be yeah. cool. You sent me a signed book for free, which is cool. There you go. All right, so who wants to bang? That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I'm a Patreon member of his show for two bucks a month, so he sent me a free book. He released a book. It's like a picture flyer book. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, and look, I you know uh, people know we've we're pretty consistent. We usually do podcasts either biweekly or once a month, but. I got to just say it, um, you know, I'm super proud dad and my wife and I had a beautiful baby boy in November. And so we just, we took a couple months off to kind of figure our shit out. And now that we got a routine and our son is doing pretty good and growing, um, can't believe he's going to be two months next week already. Uh, yeah, we're just, we're going to get back on track with the podcast and, uh, hopefully just get things back to normal and resume uh, either bi-weekly, you know, twice a month is really the goal here. So we're going to try to do this metal podcast um, where we talk about albums that we love from a specific year and uh, do our, our horror movie reviews that we do. 
but I think collectively, I think we all really like the metal side of it too. So maybe we might even do a lot more metal this year. You know, you never know. I don't think, I think we're going to hold ourselves to like what we're going to, we don't have to do a uh, movie review every month. If we want to do two metal podcasts, we can, we can just do whatever we want. You know, we'll feel it out. Yeah, man. I like that idea. Just play it by ear. All right. Well, let's get into it. So I know Marco Zanti will let Marco start. We are doing our top three albums from 1985. So Marco, why don't you kick it off with your first? All right, where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, there it is. All right, so I'm going to start off with a banger, probably one of the most uh, influential bands in the metal genre. They influenced uh, a lot of people. Uh, from Switzerland, one of two bands that I really know of from Switzerland. Ooh. The name of the album is The Great Beast. In Greek, but also known as Tomegatherian, Celtic Frost. Good choice. Very good choice. Awesome. Nice. Awesome record. Without them, we wouldn't have Obituary Sound, as featured a Circle of the Tyrants on the album. It's uh, yeah. The guitar tone's unbelievable. The songwriting's unbelievable. Uh, everything about it, man. Tom G. Warrior, his vocals. I just love his delivery. Uh, Mark Nain, uh, R.I.P., you know, the bass master, even though he only participated on two songs on this album, I don't know why. He was on the albums before and after, but this one, he only did the bass on two songs. But uh, anyway, it's just a fucking, dude, classic. What can I say? Yeah, Opep do a uh, cover of Circles, too. It's a lot of bands. Oh, do they really? Do they really? I didn't know. Yeah. I got to listen to it. Yeah, man, back in the day, man, back in the 90s, they have a, they have a pretty good cover of it. Hmm. That, that and Remember Tomorrow uh, from Maiden. Nice. I gotta check that out though. I, I knew they did Remember Tomorrow, but I didn't know they did Circle of the Tyrants, mm-hmm. which is sick. But yeah, the uh, the Usurper, uh, fucking excellent song. Like the three in a row, man. It's the Usurper, Jewel Throne, and Dawn of Megiddo or whatever. Those three songs right in a row, probably. I don't know. It's, it's just uh, one of those good three three hits, man. Just hits you one, two, three. Yeah, it's just fantastic, man. What what, what anybody else uh, got anything? It's kind of like their their trilogy. Like those three that yeah, you can't hear one without the other, or it doesn't feel right. Right, right. That's how I feel with uh, those songs. I mean, and the rest of the album just sick, but I mean, just those three songs in a row. I think it just I don't know. It's one of the best three combos. I listen to it constantly. And I can't so, believe I forgot uh, about this album until like an hour ago. Artwork too. I, I was surprised. Oh yeah, dude, classic, classic artwork. Hmm. With fucking this demon dude kind of using Christ as like a, um, a slingshot. Yeah. Yeah, dude, amazing. Um, so Marco, isn't fun fact? Don't you have a record, a noise record from the same year, 1985, mm-hmm. um, with one side two Megatherion and the other side Halloween Walls of Jericho? Correct. Yeah, it was actually Walls of Jericho that I bought, and uh, I think it's side A is Walls of Jericho, and side B is side A of two Megatherion. So I don't dude, know if that's... it's a uh, a bootleg or a misprint or whatever, but I can't find any information on it. I was actually I talking it, about this with somebody the other day. I think it might be a misprint, man. Like, I was talking to my buddy, um, or Monty Kevin's buddy from, from Watchmaker, our buddy Brian, and once he found out about that, he's like, dude, I want to own this so fucking bad. And he's like, what's his price? I'm like, I don't know if he has a price. I don't know if he does or he doesn't. But um, it's just like such a, especially for like a early thrash fan, an early noise records fan that's such a cool piece to have like bootleg or not i mean the record itself i I saw it once in person it's it's pretty legit though like i have like onslaught power from hell which came out the same year 
um, mm-hmm. which is a boot, bootleg. I got it. We got it when we went to see Bloody uh, Something Bloody uh, right, Festival right. with Don Bringer and all of them. But dude, you can tell it's like the cover is blurry, like the vinyl doesn't make sense, like the like lettering. You could tell it was a boot. I bought it knowing it was a boot, but yours seems super mm-hmm. legit. That's why I think it might be legit fucking like misprint, you know? It might be, man. Uh, I'd like to find info on it. I have looked into it, but again, haven't been able to find anything. I'd like to talk to your buddy about that. That's, that's excellent. Oh yeah. He, he's all about it. You know what though? Liz bought me, um, when Kevin and I talked to, oh my God, what's his name? Kevin from, uh, Crown the Lost. Um, oh, Dave Gelke. Gelke. I couldn't think of his last name. So he wrote a book, um, basically like the, the history of noise records and Liz bought for me for Christmas. I, or no, my birthday last year. I still haven't got around to listening. Things like thicker than a fucking Bible. But I wonder if there's anything in there. Um, cause he's, he's like noise number, well, paradise number one and then just noise records number one fan, you know, which covers mm-hmm. the whole, the whole lot, you know? Right. But That's I just crazy. thought that was. I just thought that was cool that you got that. It's kind of, uh, either way, an interesting piece of history, you know, because same, same label, right? Was no. Mm-hmm. Walls of Jericho, I mean, uh, Halloween was on Noise, right? Correct, yeah, yeah. They're both on the same label. They both, uh, that's why it makes sense that it could be definitely a misprint. And they came out the same year, so who knows, you know? Yeah, same year, same label. Pretty nutty. Dude, I think you got a gem there. It's just, uh, for the right person, I think that would be worth a pretty penny, but it's just kind of like doing the legwork, proving it, and then, finding who would mm-hmm. want it but like right. i said the one person i had talked about it to was all about it so there's something there man well, speaking of man walls of jericho i really like the album but i just can't get pie uh kai hansen's vocals you just i it's, for whatever reason his vocals bother me um i think that's a he- halloween problem yeah, <laughs> yeah. general with him or kiske I, I don't like either of them so i know well, but i do yeah. like walls of jericho just the music is fantastic. Right, the it's music's nice. unbelievable. Can we just get a uh, can we get a um, instrumental version, please? Dude, uh, come on, at least ride the sky. I don't mind his vocals on or fucking uh, murderer, but I think that wasn't even originally. Me and Marco talk about this all the time. I don't think murderer was originally on the original Walls of Jericho, right? It was kind no, of it's, on, it's on their EP or whatever. I forget the name of the EP, but there's an EP. That's what it's on. Yeah, so whatever version I had had murderer. So I'm like, all right, fuck. Like between those two alone, yeah, it's yeah. worth. So he went on to sing for some other, was it Gamma Ray? I don't know. I don't listen to that shit, so. <laughs> I mean, that shit. I, I don't either, but I remember seeing, like, Gamma Ray doing a cover of I Want Out, which I do love I Want Out. That's another great fucking Halloween song. And I'm like, I didn't yeah, put two and two together. Yeah. yeah. I didn't put two and two together until I heard, like, Gamma Ray doing it live. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And then, then you know, you start going down the, the rabbit hole and, you know, you end up yeah, with it, some weird facts. Mm-hmm. And I know the cover was mentioned back to Celtic Frost for a second, but I just want to shout out just in case it wasn't mentioned, done by the uh, the late great H.R. Geiger, yeah, and uh, who's done many many other covers, which we talked about on our uh, when we did an album album cover show. Um, yeah, just so rest in peace to that dude. That dude was awesome. He you know did this you know the alien created the alien and very many many cock like uh, art designs. So many cocks. Yeah, so, um, like the, there was the, the year me and Marco went to Maryland Death Fest, um, in Trypticon, um, Tom G. Warrior's other band was supposed to play and they didn't play because Geiger had just passed away and he, you know, they, them mm-hmm. two actually gotten, he was just like an artist who did his 
you know, artwork and shit. Like he, they were friends, like they were like buddies, you know? So he mm-hmm. cool. had to yeah. skip that year, did his shit, which I totally respect, came back next year and then killed it, you know? So, you know, yeah. pro- props to him for keeping his word, you know? Yep. All right. All right, All right. Who's next, bro? You want to go next, Kev? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, I mean, without, I don't have to say much about this band. Uh, 1985's Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good, Baby. Who doesn't like tinfoil shades on a skull with condiments in the background? I mean, you know, for $8,000, what did you expect for a cover from this band for their first? Um, you know, Dave came out hot and heavy, pissed off from being fired from Metallica, and the rest is history. Here we are. Uh, what an amazing record. I mean, I still, it's in my top five favorite albums. I, some people just forget about this record, and I don't know how. Maybe it's the sound quality, but I mean, they've done such a great job remastering this album like 50 times. I think the latest one they've done, even with the cover update, they did like an actual, somebody created an actual skull with the crossbones and everything as Dave wanted it. It's, it's just great 3D print, um, that they made. And it, I mean, the, the last, uh, updated record is phenomenal. So, I mean, for me, come on, standout tracks like Rattlehead, Skull Beneath Skin. I mean, seriously, looking down the cross, what? You know, and Mechanics. Dude, the, ex- the original. Excellent record. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to say this, dude, if they didn't spend half the budgets on drugs and alcohol, <laughs> uh, it could have sounded a lot better. I mean, they ended up producing it themselves because they couldn't afford the producer. And I still think it came out amazing. I I, I still think. I, oh, I love it, man! I love great. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it was jazz, bro. Like that. They, yeah. they 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 elevated the game, you know, even though the sound quality wasn't there, and that's why, like, with something like Peace Cells, that that was like the total package, especially at the time. Yeah. But with this, I mean, dude, it was so fast, and the riffs were so intricate. Yep. And it was just absolutely amazing. Dave Mustaine just showed he was the boss. Yeah, man. I can't agree more. They, you, you could hear the progress, like literal pro- uh, progressive thrash metal, like infusing different styles of uh, music within thrash. And that's where it kind of, I, I feel like maybe that's where this record is the foundation of that, you know? Absolutely. Right, so go. one thing, um, I feel the same way about P cells and the cover song they chose. So, the Killing Is My Business had a cover of These Boots Were Made For Walking, correct? That yeah, was on... And it's awesome. I mean, it's 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 killer, dude. But it, it's fucked up. I like the original version. Oh, who's the cool guy? No, no, that was my computer. That was my computer. Uh, I was downloading something. I didn't realize it was going to finish in the middle of the podcast. You Go can ahead, I'm watch sorry. your porn after. I just finished in the middle of the podcast, too. Ah! Um, anyway... Um, what was I gonna say? So I remember buying the, um, one of the like earlier, um, like remasters that Kevin was talking about. And I remember like, I don't know if it was like copyright bullshit, but the whole, like 95% of the song was like bleeped out with like Dave, like kind of singing slash talking. And I never understood that under why, like never understood why. I don't know if you guys knew yeah, that there was a story. That's, yeah. That's called shitty record labels making shitty decisions. That's all it is, man. Yeah. Now, if you get this latest version, um, you get the actual uh, explicit version of it. You don't get the bullshit version. And I agree. Yeah, they ruined it for years. Because they bleeped out yeah, shit that they, wasn't even swears. It was just like lyrics. I'm like, so I'm no, like they, all right. they bleeped out the lyrics. Yeah, that was a that was a reissue though. That wasn't even the original version either. That was a no, reissue. That's they what I'm saying. That was like the first. Because I remember listening to the original one on the tape I had, and then when I bought the reissue, I was pumped about it. 
And I remember my ex, you know, my ex at the time was really into like more rock at the time and loved that song. And I was excited, like, we can share this together. And then fucking mm-hmm. I heard it and it was beep, 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 beep. Like the whole song was like, sound like it was in Morse code. And I'm like, what the fuck is yeah, this? I, I'd like to say it was like the 2002. I'm looking up all the editions. It was the first one I they did with like that. the good, like the cool cover with like the black with the, like the blades almost and like the skull. It was the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the bones and the chains on it. Yeah. Yeah, it was the draw. Yeah, I think it was the 2002 edition because I remember buying that at the time and being pissed as well, you know, because I know the original had it because I had the original at one point in time on cassette. Yeah, same. That's why I'm like, why would it be any different? But like Kevin said, shitty record labels and copyright bullshit and yeah that's whatever down the line that's all it was but now you can get it um and it's uh it's clear so mm-hmm. clear and explicit like it should be um so yeah man what about you doug what's your number one all right one last thing before we move on mechanics or four horsemen four horsemen kevin yeah it's tough but i mean lyrically i'm gonna uh, lyrically four horsemen musically mechanics all right, I, I, I agree with you, Kevin, because ly- lyrically, mechanics is fucking... It, it's a sexual, sexual innuendo. There's no doubt about that. Like, right. Imagine Probably. in my station, pistons melting, yeah. you know, barons melting from the heat. Like, you tried being sexy, but I just don't find Dave Mustaine sexy. Yeah. Even if I were a chick, and it's just like, it's... You're not, you're not a glam band, you know what I mean? You don't have to sing about, your sex appeal should just come from your raw Dude, it was energy very, and talent. It was very you know? Scorpions at the time. It was very Scorpions. Is, is that what it was? It was uh, kind of like... I believe it's very Scorpions. Scorpions were very hot, and I think it was a very Scorpions play on, on lyrics. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, fuck, I mean, Led Zeppelin, you know, um, want to squeeze you to your lemon, you know, the, until the lemon drips and yada yada. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, I think he was just playing on rock records of his time that he loved. So, plus the he could have done better lyrics. There's no doubt. I mean, the guy's a great lyricist. So we know we all know that. It's uh, but I I mean I, I would just say though musically it doesn't even fucking touch mechanics. I mean, besides we got you know Metallica playing Sweet Home. Al- I mean, not Sweet Home Alabama. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet Home Alabama. Well, I think I think we talked about that in the 1983 too, because. They told Dave to slow it down, like we said, because Mechanic's just musically a better song, I think. Yeah. And they told him to slow it down. He's like, all right, what do you want? This? And played that. And they're like, yeah, let's go with that. That sounds good. And it's ba- that's like it's a known fact that that's basically, he just played Sweet Home Alabama. And they said, yeah, let's go with it for like the kind of like little crescendo. Not crescendo. What the fuck would you call it? What's a, not a crescendo, but a wall? What would you call that, Kevin? You're the musical expert. Uh, like a bridge? Yeah, maybe like a bridge, yeah. So, alright, um, so moving on. So, my first pick of 1985, hailing from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, released July 12th, 1985, any, any guesses, Marco? Atlanta, Georgia? Yeah, and it's not Whiplash yet. Oh, it's Halloween, well, they're not from Atlanta, but they're, uh, it's gotta be Hallow's Eve. It's Hallow's Eve, yeah. yeah. Dude, dude, t- Tales of Terror, man. Um, and this is in no specific order, because the three I chose are three probably of my top ten, so I can't I can't put them in a specific order, so they're at random order. But, dude, uh, Hallow's Eve, um, mm-hmm. 
one of those bands, it's them and SOD came out the same year, Speak English or Die, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. They're both kind of credited with um, being a little bit more, not just straight up thrash, but a little bit more um, on the crossover side. I hear more with SOD, but I hear it a lot. I hear it a lot with uh, with Hollow's Eve as well. It's just yeah, it's weird, man. I hear like straight thrash with them, and then I hear like old traditional, then I hear a little crossover. They were a little more mixed bag. They, they were mixed, and it's yeah. it's funny. Like what I like to do sometimes, I like to go on Metallum, and you know, say it has like a eighty-seven percent overall. I like to go and read like the worst of the worst, and then the best of the best, and just to see the range of people's opinions. Because some people are, I, I did this for this one just because it's it's one of my favorites, and it, people. It's just like IMDb. It's like people absolutely fucking hate it or absolutely love it and everything in between. So you just got to take it with a grain of salt and with your own musical taste, you know? But Well, just so you know, I have it set up on Metallum, and the, the lowest rating on this album is 67%, which isn't too bad. That's pretty good. Highest 82, you know? Yep. That was, that uh, was nothing that in was. the 90s. Which, but... Dude, I'm just going to tell you now, though, this album's awesome. The only thing I hate about this fucking album is the guy's forearms on the cover. <laughs> it's, they're the worst, most improportionate forearms I've ever seen in my life. They're like Popeye forearms. They, they are. Or, or Cauldron. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but he only has one big forearm. Oh, yeah, well, after COVID, well, we all have big one big forearm. <laughs> So no, I, I've been switching off daily. So good for you. Like I got four jack, I got two jacked legs on top of two jacked arms. Yeah. No, you, you're right. The uh, the Tales of Terror cover, um, which they just finally re-released on fucking Metal Blade. Um, you're yeah, right. Man, it, I, I clued you in on that one. You did, and I appreciate that. I got to pick up the Cancer album. You just told me about too. Those are uh, to the gory end, and um, uh, what the fuck. Death, death shall rise. Death, death shall rise. Death shall Thank rise. You, yeah. Doug, did we, did we get into Hallow's Eve together? Remember when I went through that CD phase and I was buying everything off CD Universe, like all the obscure shit that nobody wanted? Like, I bought all the Razors. I bought all the Hallow's Eve. I mean, did we do that? Or, or did you get me into Hallow's Eve? I can't remember. Nope. I hate to give you credit, but no, you got me into Hallow's Eve, too. As well as, yeah, I just picked up. I remember I pick, yeah, picking up a CD and I got it and I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. Again, we're fucking old, so I mean, I think we only got a five or ten second clip on CD Universe, and I'm like, yep, good enough for me. Let me order this. Dude, yeah, remember CD Universe? I still get emails from them every once in a while, and I'm like, huh, remember those days? Yeah. But dude, there's that, that little stretch of time, like Hollow's Eve, like Evil Dead. Um, yes, yes. Like the second Flotsman Jetsome, like, later, like there was a ton of shit that you got me into that I just passed by, or... You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I'll never, I'll never, uh, I'll never forget that. I Your appreciate that. No place for disgrace. Yeah. I, I kind of snoozed on that one, dude, until Kevin got me. I think he bought a bum copy. Yeah. And he sold me his other copy that had like a speck on it. And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? Um, so what's the, 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 can it learn? No, does it learn? Can it teach? Are you sure it's right? Fuck. What's that? Um, Hard on you. Hard on you is a fucking amazing mm-hmm. song. And that's, I know what Kevin was talking about, um, that, uh, Don't Look Up movie. And that's kind of reminds me of like a musical version of that back in the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, um, mm-hmm. of the time that like, whoa, it's like kind of relevant, kind of yeah. a classic type theme. But 
we digress as always, but let me let me finish this and then we can go on our next tangent. Um, so yeah, Hollow's Eve. They ended up dude touring with Slayer, Exodus, Nasty Savage, all bands that released debut albums, I believe, this year. Uh, I remember hearing Hollow's Eve. Um, do you guys remember River's Edge, the movie? Yes. With Dennis Hopper, Keanu Reeves, Crisper Glovin. Um, dude, they, they, Crisper all... Glovin. Crispin. That's his name? Crispin. Crisper. <laughs> Crispin. Crispin Glover. <laughs> Whatever. I, I legit have it down as Crisper Glover. <laughs> I, I had a few, I, I, whatever. You had a few Chardonnays care. tonight? Yeah. I, I did, yeah. <laughs> He's the guy who used to bully him. Doug is Biff. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Doug is a bit. So, um, River's Edge had, like, Lethal Tendencies and, uh, another, I think two Hollow's Eve and two or three Slayer on the soundtrack. And they actually play, like, in the movie. And I remember, like, I knew Slayer back then, but I'm like, fuck, who's this other band? And there was, of course, there's no internet then. And I feel like an old fuck saying that. Like, this is, like, the late 90s. I remember, like, oh, I wish I knew who that was. And, it wasn't in the movie credits, and it's like, so years later, I found out that it was, you know, that's why I got into them so late, even though I did like them. So, fun fact, James Murphy did play in Hollow's Eve for a little bit, which is cool. He did. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Actually, it's funny, because I was just down in Florida. I went to that death tribute thing down in Tampa, and James Murphy played for the, I forget, I, I told you how many years, but it was like his first stage performance since, like, in like 15 years or something like that. Yeah, he was like all of spiritual healing, which was he, fucking awesome. And he didn't miss a fucking note because he's like a guitar. No, guy. he was great. I mean, you could tell he was a little rusty. He was like like constantly looking at his neck, and I like, I've seen footage of him in the past where he just like plays. Oh, yeah. So you could tell he was a little rusty, but he hit everything. He hit it all. Man, he is. Yeah, he's such a fun. He's one of those guitar players that when he plays on an album, you know from his tone and his the way he bends notes and stuff that that is James Murphy playing guitar. I mean, at least for me. Mm-hmm. I, I know when I hear a James Murphy record, whether it's Obituary or listening to him on Testament. Cancer. Death Shall Rise. I mean, dude dude has done so much. I mean, dude, The Gathering is just an amazing album. Mm. I love James Murphy. Mm-hmm. He's oh. my man crush with all gray hair. Whoa. Uh, all right. <laughs> love it. All right. Moving All on right. to our it's second pick, back, second round. Back to me, back to me. Hey, listen, I uh, was originally, I just noticed an album because I was uh, scrolling through 85s while we were talking about that last record. And originally I was going to go with uh, Artillery Fair tomorrow, so I'm going to make that just a shout-out. Fucking awesome album. Bands from Denmark, check it out. Desperately need to remaster, but it's one of my favorite thrash albums of all time. This, uh, this year is too fucking hard, but I just noticed this. The band that told you to suck their dicks... They're all about male, you know, Armageddon, male supremacy, Holy carnivore fuck. predator. Fuck, that's did, right, carnivore, there, man. Did carnivore, original, carnivore come out in '85? It did, it yeah. did, and I just noticed it. And in it, dude, there's so many fucking albums this year, and like, I'm ashamed that I have to leave a few out. And dude, this year we could have done five each, mm. and I would have been we, fucking happy with. We it. probably should have. You know, we could always do part two and just talk about like the honorable mentions more in detail. I think that could be a whole other cast. Yeah, we could do that, man. I mean, like, dude, from 85 to 87, 88, I mean, it's just, it's going to be difficult. But that's my choice, man. I I changed my mind. We're going with it, man. God is fucking dead. Yeah. Uh, And and you know what? Uh, God, you know, 
uh, R.I.P. Peter Steele, his anniversary of his death or his birthday was like what the other day, a couple days ago or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Was it the anniversary of his death or his birthday? I think his birthday. His birthday, because I think yeah. he died. He died in the spring. I remember Kevin texting me when I was on a roof in Brookline, like fucking what ten, nine or ten years ago. So it had to have been yeah, his birthday right. that he. I think it was you're his right. birthday. It was January fourth. Today's the sixth, so it was his birthday. Yeah, he died. He you're right. He did die April fourteenth. So. Dude, Marco, thank you for pointing. I, this one would have slipped right past me, not because I don't love it, because I thought it came out like a little bit later. But you're right. No. That was 1985. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. I forgot about that too. That sucks because. Oh. It's, you know, I'm gonna say this. We we may have our number one, but they win with number one song for '85 with Male Supremacy, man. That just hits no, every no, fucking emotion. That just hits it. I mean, it's you got group vocals. Everybody wants to sing along. I mean, it's a great party song. Great party song. If there's no women. Yeah. <laughs> but they love the singing part, though. Dude, kind of, like, that song alone was a precursor to, like, Typo Negative, dude, with his, like, harmonies. just oh, like his absolutely. His, his yeah. harmonies alone, dude, that was, like, you could tell, you know, they put out, uh, well, no, that was their, well, that was their first album, right? Look, Retaliation came it was, after. yeah, yeah. Dude, think, yes. speaking of, you know, we were talking about Megadeth creating progressive thrash. I mean, fuck, look at, even on God is Dead, dude, it goes into, um, I forget what style of music that would be considered, but I, probably Latin, but when he does, when they go into that, um, mm-hmm. that section, man, I mean, it's got a total Latin vibe to it. That's not even fucking metal, yeah. you know? There's like Morocco's, isn't there? Some it, like... Dude, it's total, it, 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 it's totally... Yeah out there it's a it's completely out there and shouldn't have fit in the song as well as it did and he did it and then he's got the, the slow interludes and stuff and then it gets i mean there are so many parts in that band they were way ahead of their time in 1985 and they i don't know i wish i feel like i wish that carnivore would have been explored more yeah, i agree dude I'm, I'm glad you brought that up mark i would have been bummed if we if i realized like a week from now that that this was this year because, dude, that is a monumental, yeah. monumental album, I say. You, you know you know what, though? I should have known to look for Carnivore. I mean, this is, you know, one of my favorite records, along with Retaliation. It's just I wasn't thinking about it. I just felt like it was almost too early. But now that I think about it, uh, there's a story with Peter Steele seeing they played, they both played CBGBs, them and the Cro-Mags, the same day. The Cro-Mags did um, a matinee. Peter Steele got there early, saw the Cro-Mags. And then the next time Harley Flanagan from the Cromag saw him, he shaved his head, he had suspenders and boots on, <laughs> and they yeah. released Retaliation, which is more of a hardcore record. Um, so I, I think it's just awesome, you know. So I should have connected us through that, but I just didn't notice it. I, I was I gone through the list a thousand times. I just kind of went by me. Dude. But anyway, I'm glad I'm glad I found it because I know we're all lovers of carnivore. Yes, uh, all lovers of carnivore. How come when we do a year, I know my albums for the most part. I'll do some shit in case I'm like, oh fuck, like like I thought there's one or two albums like Whiplash, Power and Pain. I thought came out in this year, and I was really excited. But I'm like, all right, that's next year. Eighty-six, yeah. I'm like, that's just one more thing to fight 1986 over. But dude, like this didn't make any of the fucking top 30, top 20, top 10 lists, and I was I'm shocked because it once again not because not for lack of love, just because. I don't know why it didn't come up on any, and I, like I said, I thought it, I always thought it was like maybe eighty-seven, and then maybe like Retaliation came out in eighty-eight or something. But you're right, that's mm-hmm. an early album. Doug, you missed another. Yeah, I don't know why. Too, I did notice. I didn't look at like so many lists per se, but I did look at one, and it wasn't on there, and it was a top thirty. So yeah, you're right about that. I mean, I didn't see it either. 
Doug, you missed uh you missed the Misfits record too one year, remember? You were like, How did I fucking miss that? Well You missed yeah. it two years, man. Two years. I think I missed Walk Among Us and Earth, AD. <laughs> you did. Yeah. It's like did. fuck what what Misfits album am I missing this year? Hey, Legacy of Brutality seven or whatever. Well, well, what about Legacy? Get, uh, Legacy, Legacy Brutality. Yeah, that's like it, a that that's like a compilation record though, isn't it? Yeah, but didn't dancing like kind of? I, I I was always told Legacy Brutality was like they were all misfit songs, but like dancing kind of played every album, which I mean every every instrument. But I don't think that's true either. I think that's bullshit. No, though, there's definitely something to it though, because if you listen to Legacy of Brutality, like it's missing the bass or something, like. Like, if you listen to, like, the songs they did on Static Age, like, the sound quality is so much better on Static Age. Yeah, so they took an album and made it shittier. Well, not yes. an album. But... All right, so I'll look into that for the next cast, because I'm curious. Because I remember hearing that years ago, and I remember, like, our buddies growing up had, like, the Legacy of Brutality. I remember having, like, the Legacy of Brutality Misfits poster, and I'm just like, yeah, it's probably just another money grab, you know? But I'm like, I don't give a fuck, because they're making cool merch, you know? But I'd love to do like a full dancing cast, but he'd probably like sue us or something. What if we like? <laughs> what, if, what if we just said his name backwards when we referred to him like Ginzid did? No, I don't have to look at it. You know, he can try to sue us, but I'm not sure how much capital he has left after the, uh, you know, becoming a director, producer, shitty filmmaker. I can't even. I don't even want to talk about it. Shitty um, vampire western spaghetti oh, western. Don't I can't. I <laughs> tried. Like... I was so excited. I was so excited for Veronica, and it just it was it was just. I had to turn it off after five minutes. I'm like, this is just fucking horrid. Terrible. Kevin, we'll end up settling with Danzig in court, and like our, our punishment will be like picking up the bricks in his front yard. Yeah. And, and cleaning <laughs> and cleaning his litter box for like a fucking week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But um, it, all, right. all kidding aside, dude, Next great time. album, great pick, Marco. Thank you for fucking picking that one out of obscurity, because yeah. yeah, dude, thermonuclear warrior, male supremacy, like World War Three and Four, yeah, World War Three and Four. Oh, I farted. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still, I'm still pissed that they fucking, you know, in Hampton they shut that off right before World War Three and Four. Dude, that yeah. was the, I was waiting for that. That was what I was waiting for, man. And yeah. they. We had to watch all those shitty bands that fucking opened, and then we get we lose one fucking song for Carnivore. You gotta be kidding me. It might be a, I think they lost a couple. I think they were gonna play. Like I remember looking at their set list, and they were gonna play a few more, and they got shut down like almost like twenty minutes early. So I think we missed yeah. a few. Yeah, did I think they ended with what Male Supremacy? Yeah, I, think, I know they definitely played that one, but yeah, at least they played that. I mean, that would have been horrific mm-hmm. if they didn't. But anyway. All right, moving on. Uh, I'm going with the Mighty Anthrax for my second choice, Spreading the nice. Disease, 1985, Megaforce Records. It is their second record, but the first to feature Joey Belladonna uh, and bassist Frank Bello. Um, and then that ended up being the supreme lineup for many, many years and even up to now. So... Yeah, man. Um, for me, my standout track is going to be Gung Ho. Just the double bass huh, playing of Mr. Bananti. It's unmatched, man, for that year. I mean, you know, we're going to make a reference down the road uh, for another amazing drummer. But, dude, the fucking double bass on this song is so precise. Um, yeah, I still don't think Bananti gets the recognition he does for a, as a technical drummer. doesn't. No, no, I've I've had this discussion like with so many people, even in metal, like drummers that like 
Like, I'll be like, oh, best thrash drummer. And, like, everybody forgets about Bonante, but he gets mentioned later. He's like, oh, how did I forget about Charlie Bonante? But he's never, like, the first to come to mind. It's always Lombardo or Gene Hoagland or whatever, mm. you know what I mean? Lars Ulrich. You know, no. like... <laughs> no. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, yeah. hey... So, dude, I mean, I remember reading an article maybe uh, two or three years ago, like, and Charlie was basically saying, like, I invented the double bass and no one gives me any credit. No, no, you... no, no. It's the, bl- the blast beat. Oh. All right, the blast beat. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. It's the blast he... beat, yeah. So in the same year, he drummed for Spread the Disease as well as he was on Stormtroopers Speak English or Die, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, he was yeah. a busy dude this year. Plus, both drumming, I would say, monumental albums, dude. Like, the, he Charlie just doesn't get, especially. I know we're we're not quite at Among the Living yet, but going through like Anthrax's catalog, like if you just tone out like Scott Ian's guitar and Danny Spitz, dude, and Frank Bello, obviously. But, dude, Charlie drumming, like it, skeletons in the closet. There's some songs where it's just like it blows my mind. When you zone everything else out, just fucking listen to what he's actually playing. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, for the... You... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, especially on the, the 85 album, Spreading Disease, too. You know? Yeah, so I was actually watching an interview with uh, Charlie Benante um, the other day. He was on my New York Hardcore Chronicles podcast that I, I was talking about earlier. And uh, he's, he was saying that when Scott Ian and Dan Lilker went, out, went, for the tri- well, went to try Benante out, that they asked him if he could play fast as a shark. And in 19, by except, and in 19, whatever it was, 81, when he joined as a young, like very young drummer, he was able to pull it off and play it. So like, like he cites them as being like the first to really like hone in on that double bass. Yep. He also you know, cited overkill, but he said the way they did it on fast as a shark was just something that was never heard before, you know? And, uh, Yep. So yeah, I mean that that dude was amazing, dude. So that's why I I, I uh, say the, the the double bass. I think you meant the blast beat because he is credited uh, because he played so fast, and it, it's argued by people. I've heard this argued that he created it, and some people don't think he did. He just played really fast. But Sod had blast beats. I mean, who who before you know? Sod or say Spread the Z's would have had blast beats? Like we've done every year up until now. And there's been heavy, there's been fast, there's been melodic, there's been... But as far as, like, the aggression of, like, S.O.D. and Charlie's drumming, like, I don't... I, I would say, you know, in my opinion, in my you humble know, opinion... I don't know, man, because, like, gonna, I, I would uh, think you'd have to go to, like, uh, uh, Morbid uh, Angel, Abominations, and Desolation, you know, their, their demo. What's, um, your, what's your definition of a blast beat, right? Just, just I mean, literally just hi-hat snare and bass at the same time pa 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 right it's mm-hmm. as simple as that doesn't matter the speed that's technically a blast beat pa 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 correct i'm going to just mic drop it it's going to go to bill ward lord of this world pa 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 yeah yeah that's it but i mean that's only like All 3 right. or 4 hits slow at a but, time. but still i mean what other you know you go back into the 70s man who else whoever what what other band had a a drum beat that that did that. Ba 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 ba. Lord of this world. Ba 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 I mean. I mean, but not, you know, Bill Ward. Bill Ward. You're Ward. gonna you're gonna you know yeah. start to get. I mean, that's ba 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 ba. I mean, it, it's 
it's like what we've discussed though, Kevin, many, many, many fucking times is like Sabbath created everything. No matter if it was drums, guitar, <laughs> uh, I honestly believe like in metal, in metal, they created, uh, you know, a lot. I think John Bonham could be credited too, the way he played the drums. Oh yeah. He that dude was fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, I'm not necessarily talking about Led Zeppelin as a metal band, but I think Bonham is very influential in the metal realm. Yeah, man. And Cozy Powell. Oh, dude, Cozy, yes. Yeah, I mean, you know? all in all, it's it really is funny. I always hear Sabbath and everything. It doesn't even matter how heavy it is or what style of metal. I always fucking hear Sabbath. So, dude, who 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 kind of quoted that saying like basically? I remember was it um was it Get Thrash like the 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 metal um not anthropology. Fuck, my fucking brain's not working tonight. Documentary. Uh, yeah. The documentary. The documentary. He was like Florentine uh, Florentine. <laughs> All right, and uh, Doug Woo! is uh, Doug is done for the night. Everybody, Doug, say good night, everybody. <laughs> good night, everybody. Philanthropist. Um, <laughs> no, but um, he, it was on one of the the things. I think it was either Rob Zombie or someone in his band was basically saying like any any fucking riff you've ever heard, like Black Sabbath is already written. You know what I mean? Pretty much in yeah, some way, shape, or form. In the past, I think it was Scott Ian. In yeah, Scott Ian has said it. Um, uh, we said it. Henry Rollins has said it. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, we've said it. It's true. We keep the Vintage it. Bird podcast has said it. You speed up like Children of the Grave. It's a fucking thrash song. Yeah. You know, like they, oh they've done God. it all. Lord of This World, Doom song. Yeah. You know, it's 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 just insane. Like everything they fucking done, man. Sabbath's amazing. But let's get back to this record. So, I just wait. want to quote a couple songs because I really love them. Like Medusa, awesome song. Didn't know. Written yeah. by John Zazula. Really. Interesting. Yeah, he wrote the lyrics to it, which is unbelievable. And there's still a couple Turban songs on this, which is, you know, like, lyrically, it's it's uh, uh, Armed and Dangerous and Gung Ho. Right. Turban songs. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, and it, and it has, you know, the classic Madhouse, which is, you know, a song that really helped put them on the map. Yeah, it's um, like they're into Sandman. In to an extent, yeah, much better than into Sandman, but yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree, but... Um, dude, like Medusa, Medusa is probably one of my, Medusa and Lone Justice are, have probably over the years have become my standout songs. You know how like you listen to an album, you love it, and you love these two songs, and then a month later you love these two, and then these two, it's like if I had to choose, dude, just the whole album is a banger, but Medusa and uh, Lone Justice definitely yeah. stick out. Uh, and for people who oh, don't know. Another thing I learned for, for people off who of don't uh, listening know, to a podcast. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, for people who don't know, there's Armed and Dangerous 2 was released in 85, which was, they did the EP with, uh, with Belladonna on it just, just to like refresh fans, like, you know, because Neil wasn't in the band anymore. They already had Fistful of Metal and they wanted to basically, you know, get, have everybody get a taste of their first album with Joey on it. So, I mean, a lot of people, I, you know, could get confused by the fact by this, th that's technically just an EP. It's not an album. It's, it's just. So wait, um, did the EP come out as a single, or it came out, or like an EP before or after the album? Uh, it came like? out. It came out in 1985. Uh, Armed and Dangerous. But it was before. Was, yeah, it was before. So it was an EP, but before, and that had like didn't have like God Save the Queen and Panic. Um, yeah, it had Armed Panic. and Dangerous, God Save the Queen, Panic, Raise Hell, Th Raise Metal Crashing Mad, and Soldiers of Metal. Uh, hold on, there's two more songs in there too. But yeah, it was Howling Furies. No, no, that's on their first record. Yeah, Howling Furies. Oh, yeah, that that's was on that one. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, longer than an EP, though. 
It is, but I gotta, you, you know why they did it. I mean, it was it was smart. Megaforce was like, yeah, we should pump this out first so that everybody goes, oh, cool, they got a new EP out with a couple of tracks off the first record, a couple covers, and then it's, oh, by the way, it's Joey Belladonna singing, not, not Neil Turpin. Turpin. I still have my original pressing of in, uh, la, 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 my original pressing of that, thanks to you, Kevin. <laughs> nice. Is it pristine? Uh, it is actually. <laughs> and I thank you for that. So uh, l- let me well, while we're on the subject, Kevin, let me ask you a question. You never really got into SOD, right? Uh, I didn't get like I don't I don't listen to the album ritually, but you guys continuously like throw it in randomly over the last few years. I think the last time me and Marco went on a, like a music spiral, he had me put it on too, and I I enjoy it, man. I think it's a great record. It really is. Like, as far as, like, just, like, next time you hear it, just pay a little bit more attention to the drumming, now that we've kind of talked about it. Just because I think you being a drummer, I think you'll appreciate it a little bit more. Plus, the aggression, like, dude, like, Freddy Krueger alone, man. The aggression on that album, I mean, that song, I mean, the whole fucking, the whole album is great, but just listen to, like, the, the drumming on some of those tunes, and you'll be like, okay, I see where they're coming from, you, like, good Mark. And you know Freddy Krueger was actually in the running to be on the, uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 soundtrack. Was there really? They chose, uh, dr- yeah, they chose uh, Dream Warriors over it. No shit. I figured they at least would have mm-hmm. done both. I, I know... Yeah, um, then, go ahead. I was going to say, I know Anthrax is kind of... That's been their... I remember when um, Judge Dredd came out and, like, the... You know, they love Judge Dredd, I Am the Law, the whole gimmick. And I remember when um, they put out the fucking... They wanted... Anthrax to I am the law to be on like the Judge Dredd with um Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. And they were they you know, they're like, No, we're comic book fans. Like they he never showed his face and like Stallone takes his mask off in the first like fourteen seconds of the move, they're like, Fuck you, you know? Like being comic book fans, they said no, we don't want a part of it and I kinda respect that too. They did it wasn't for the mm-hmm. money, they did it because they loved the comics and they were trying to stay true, you know? And quick trivia, does anybody know what SSC stands for? You know, stand or fall, the SSC part? No. Um, oh, no, I'm thinking of, uh, do, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm on the wrong album. Sorry, go ahead. It stands for suck some cock. Does it really? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess Frank Bello used to say it all the time. And then the, uh, if you go back to State of Euphoria, this ADI, the horror of it all, that stands for Arabian Douche Intro. I knew AD, AD, ADI. I didn't know because <laughs> Danny Spitz was really into. Ara- I think it was Danny Spitz was really into Arabian music, so he would always try to do like Arabian influence stuff. So they that's why they they named it Arabian douche intro. That's hilarious. What about AIR? I, yeah. um, I forget. Yeah. I think they said it too. I, I actually listened to an interview. They were asked all these questions. I don't remember what AIR stands for. I'll try to look it up, though. You know, it's amazing. But if you want these guys were playing stadiums like Metallica still are. You know, a lot of these bands from that time, man, they were all fucking doing stadiums. How the fuck did Metallica continue that? Dude, they, they, have, bro. They, have they, the, just, they just blew the fuck up and sold 20 million records on the Black Album. God That's damn it. it. They, they, MTV, they had the MTV formula. can do wonders for you. They had the formula, and they got the ladies on track. Like, not just, like, the groupie ladies, but they got all the ladies and all the dudes on track and everyone in between. Yeah. It's, 
They, they just had that formula down, man. But yeah. All right, let's yeah. spiral. We could we could go into Metallica spiral, oh. and then I'm gonna need a therapist, so we need to. Yeah. We uh, gotta move on. We'll, we'll move it along in two seconds. But AIR apparently stands for Adolescence in Red. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got. I, that's all I could find on it. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. But anyway, who's next? It's- it's slightly anticlimactic, I'm not going Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not as cool as suck some cock or rape your douche intro, but. <laughs> no. Or NFL, spelled backwards. It's very New York. It's very New York, yeah. Yeah, nice fucking life spelled backwards, yeah. Nice fucking life. All right, um, mm-hmm. who's up? You next up, Kev? Next uh, up? No, I just went. No, he just you. did, he just did anthrax at you. Doug, do you oh, want us to, do you Doug. want us to read your selections? <laughs> good, <laughs> good, good pick, buddy. Good pick. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, my, and once again, in no specific order, um, dude, creator, endless pain, released October 1985 on Noise Records. Raging in at the time amount of 38 minutes and 40 seconds. And uh, so I, I think this album kind of speaks for itself, at least for me and Marco. I know, Kevin, I don't think you ever really got into the older creator because of I the lyrics. No, it's Millie's voice, man. I can't. He's just another one I can't get into. So I agree with you on the later albums, but the first four, five, even six albums, like until like like... The, like the mid '90s when he started gotten a little, a lot more nasally and high pitched. Like these earlier records, it was a lot more like guttural from the throat. Like so, because yeah, it wasn't all him. Well, it was Venter too. Yeah, Venter sang half the songs. He sang half the songs. Oh, they literally on the album, the album it alternates. Album. It alternates Venter, Petroza, Venter, Petroza, Venter, Petroza, Venter, Petroza, Venter, Petroza. And I hate to say it, but like half my favorite, most of my favorite songs on that album are fucking Venter too, like Tormentor and uh, I think Flagging. No, nope, that's Millie. That's Millie. No, uh, Tormentor. Oh, Tormentor's Millie. Flag of hates Millie. I've been lied Total to my death entire Millie. life. All right, then what the fuck is I I was I could almost swear in my life that Ventor is saying fly, uh, Tormentor. Nope. And, okay, so Ventor, I'll tell you what he's saying. He's saying English Pain, Storm of the Beast, Son of Evil, Cry War, and Living in Fear. Petroza saying Total Death, Tormentor, Flag of Hate, Bone Breaker, and Dying Victims. Wow, actually, I all these years I always thought fucking Ventor was the better vocalist in the album. I guess it turns out to be fucking Millie. Dude, those are like the ones you just like the one the last the second ones you just rattled off, dude, were my favorite songs on that album. But yeah, you think about it though, Doug, like uh even to this day, like even though they haven't played it in a while as far as I know, but like say like Ride of Violence, which is on uh Pleasure to Kill, uh Ventor still sings that live. So like they always play Flag of Hate. I never seen Ventor sing it, so that's what made me think, uh that's probably a Petroza jam. Hmm. Um didn't didn't D- I thought, Doug's all fucked up right now. No, I thought Venter died. <laughs> <laughs> died? Wh- who, which one of? Oh, maybe it was the other dude on Endless Pain. No, it was the dude who did porn. He played in Sodom as well, I think. No, I, I thought that like died. It, uh, Rob something. Makes sense. I thought he, he he was like a big like early member of Creator, and he like died in a Rob Florietti, the bass yeah. player. Of, of, yeah. Of, well, of, yeah. Okay, so maybe he's he, probably dead. I don't know. <laughs> and psh, he doesn't sing. He doesn't get no credit anyway. Psh. No, Venter, Venter's still in the band. He just left for a while. He left in the nineties. He left like after uh, 
What's the song they always play live? And I fucking oh, phobia. Phobia. Yeah, that album. It's like, oh no, everybody's yeah. wearing flannel. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, outcast. Yeah, ooh, flannel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just think I, I know they. <laughs> what are you giggling at? I just like that you thought Venter was dead. It's awesome. Oh, well, I always get so Robin. Dude, Marco, I thought fucking, uh, I thought Ventor sang half the songs fucking Millie did, so I'm not, I have no credit. So I knew someone was dead. At least there wasn't yeah. fake news there. <laughs> Does the Blake spreading more uh, fake metal news around the community again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I, I love, I love the record though. I love, um, I love the intensity. It actually sounds better to me than uh, Pleasure to Kill. Pleasure to Kill has the better songs in my opinion overall. But uh, I think the sound quality on this is a little bit better, or at least like it just makes more sense. Like I think like on uh, like something like Pleasure to Kill, the drums are almost seem like they're a little too fast. Yeah, they're just kind of nonsensical. Honestly, the, on this the, album it makes a little more sense. The yeah. mixing and sound on Pleasure to Kill is a little bit off. I, I, like I said, that's why I think yeah. this album's kind of like it. It, it just it, it clicks in every way. You know, what I mean, even though sound it was sound like it was recorded in ten hours when it was Millie. It, they had two weeks to record. Millie was so proud because they recorded in 10 days. And people say, like, well, it sounds like it was recorded in fucking 10 hours, so I don't know what the fuck the yeah. difference is. But, it, but it's done well, though. Like you said, compared to this, compared to Pleasure to Kill, I think... And another, and another Noise Records release as well. And another Noise, Noise. Oh, they were killing Noise it. Noise Records was on fire. Yeah, they were killing it in 85. So th- this album here, I feel... There's this and another band I'm going to mention that it came out with an EP this year, raining from the same country, which I don't feel they get enough credit in the black metal influence scene. Um, I know where you're going. So obviously this is thrash, but there's definitely a lot of black metal influences, which I could see, you know, we've had Venom, we've had Merciful Fate, we've had even like, say, Nasty Savage have had some of like a more black metal-y type um approach but they kind of took soldiers under command i knew you were going there striper oh shit yeah (laughs) i have their tattoo on my back i'm I'm gonna you know i'm gonna say about this uh the striper album no i'm just kidding uh the album you're talking about i'll let you unleash it i think it's more influential on the actual sound of black metal you know what i mean like i think like merciful fate and venom is more the aesthetic of black metal like what it, 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 you know, the Norwegian shit. This actually has more of like the Tremelo picking a little bit, and yeah. has like more of the. You are know you, what I'm saying? Are you talking about en- uh, Endless Pain, or the one? No, I'm talking about the album you're talking about. All right, well, you're, my, well, you're working into the EP. We might as well just say that it's it's an honorable mention, which it's an EP. Normally, with uh, when we do the years, we do. The, the suspense is killing me. You I know. I know what it is. <laughs> do, do you know what it is, Kevin? I have, I'm just waiting to figure out if you're going to get confused or not. <laughs> oh, wait. You already did. Where were we? <laughs> In the sign of evil. evil. Dude, <laughs> Sodom in the sign of evil is the most darkest, scariest, I need to take a shower after fucking album I've heard. So far in our lists, man. Well, and we have, and I hate it. <laughs> you hate you hate in Sign of Evil? Yeah, man. There's something about it. I don't like the sound of it at all. It just sounds like shit. It's, but, uh, but and I love Sodom. You know I love Sodom, dude. Like, Sodom has one of my favorite thrash records of all time, which we'll get to in 1987. But 
I think that's half wow. the charm, though. It's like, it's so... It, yeah. Well, think think of what the black metalers were doing when they first came out. They would try to find... They would soak headphones in fucking water from a headset, from a fighter pot, like, fighter jet. It means you just get any kind of fucking sound. Like, Sodom did that without even trying. Just with shitty... And you, Yeah. And you know what, Doug? I hate most of that shit, too. <laughs> I'll be, like, the early... Yeah. All right, so... But but you know, no, I'm not a big fan of like mayhem and stuff. Like I like the more produced shit. Like I like like immortal, like at the heart of winter. You know how I roll. No, you know, I don't. Like, give me that. I'll take that. Yeah, like but, you but actually it, made an effort to make a record, Marco. Is that what you're saying? Like you actually made the effort? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like it's like pristine. It's not perfect, but it sounds good. Yeah, like you, you know? made an effort. It's yeah, not actually. like fucking like this guy screaming. It sounds like from a mile away and. And like the fucking bass is overriding everything, and you can't really make up what the guitar is doing because the drums are too loud. And, yeah, you know, it's all, <laughs> such a bullshit. But it's hipster. Know. It's so much more black metal if you have a microphone inside of a World War II Nazi helmet and you just play your drums to it right there in front of it. Right, dude. Yep. I, I hate to say That's it, black metal. I've always said it. I love black metal, but black metal, like black metal errs, are the hipsters of, of metal. Like, we're so metal, we're not metal, but we're so, you know, so not metal, we are metal, and we are metal, you know, like, we're going to make the most obscure album ever that sounds like shit, and you don't, not even going to like it unless you know what it is, but we're going to listen to techno, like, dude, they just, I, I love it, I love the scene, I love the, uh, the essence, but they kind of make no sense with their fucking, uh, some of their ideology. That's what's always cracking up about oh, black yeah, metal, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but you, you can't deny it. I know the, the, this album, at least, it has those the, the feels. And I could see, you know, three, four, five years later even, you know, Mayhem and all these dudes coming along saying, holy fuck, like, Venom this plus Sodom this equals Death Crush this, you know? It yeah. Was kind of, yeah. I think it was and a I stepping love, I love the way I love the way you found a way to get two albums in for the price of one. Yeah! Bundle, baby. <laughs> It's all about that bundle. <laughs> all right, Million Creator. Uh, we don't. I don't have anything else to say. I think it has a pretty horrible album cover. Probably yeah. cool back in the day. Pretty colors. Oh, so well, say, it's got pretty, pretty colors. There you go. That's my so idea. that was Phil Lavrove, and he did um a lot of Death Rose shit. He did um like Soldier um Riders of Doom and I forget the name of the second album, but he did like Celtic Frost, Emperor's Return. He did a lot of the creator, like Out of the Dark and Light, which is probably one of my favorite album covers. He's like done mm, shit. That's a good one, yeah. He's done shit like he's done ex morta shit too. So he's kind of still in the metal art realm, which is kind of cool too. I mean, what thirty plus years later? So oh man, it's very eighties. I like it. Very eighties cartoon. Um, I mean, you saw that that style everywhere in the eighties. I, well, I I appreciate it, dude. You you say that, and it's funny because I'm staring at like a stack of books on my little desk here. And any of these, they're either like, you know, occult novels or like sci-fi novels. And that's what all these, like, this dude did like a lot of, you know, this, Pleasure to Kill, Out of the Dark and the Light. He did a lot of uh, sci-fi novels. He did a lot of like um, occult kind of novel covers, you know. And that was half the fun back then. It was like, you know, now you see this shit and it was done in like three minutes on like some kind of CGI shit, you know. Not like Travis Smith. That actually took some art. That was a little bit of both, but... Like this shit now kind of sucks compared to like the 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 time and effort they put into the artwork, you know, on these older albums. All right. Yeah. All right. 
Moving on. All right, uh, this next album, I think it's me. Uh, arguably for me, my, I don't know, man, I had a hard time choosing what my favorite album of this year was. And uh, the album I think we all kind of chose together might kind of conquer it, but I don't know, this album's fucking close. But the other day I was watching a little show called Cobra Kai. Yeah. And uh, the new season. Uh, I know you got, uh, Doug, you haven't seen it, and Kevin, you're not caught up, but uh, there's a scene right at the beginning of episode eight or nine. And this guy, remember uh, Stingray, uh, Kevin? Yeah. The character? Yeah. So this guy, he's he's on probation for uh, something that happened on the show. And he's off of it now, and he's jamming music, and his neighbor comes over in the front yard. He's like, yo, you were jamming that shitty Metallica all night. And he's like, actually, it was Exodus, Bonded by Blood. But it's not your fault. You don't know the genre. Uh... That's what he said to him. And, uh, yeah, bought it by blood, man. Gary Holt and company, fucking, uh, Rick Hunnell, um, Tom Hunting, uh, voice of an angel. <laughs> voice of an angel. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know who played bass on that record, even though I got it in front of me, but, uh, who am I forgetting? Oh, yeah, Paul Bailoff, obviously, uh, rest in peace, even though he, he didn't have the best voice, but it fit this album so fucking well. And, yes, uh, yes, Rob McKillop. What's, what'd you say? What's that, Kevin? I said it did. It fit. I mean, it's, I, I still struggle with, I mean, is is uh, Steve Souza better or you know Bailoff? I think I think Bailoff had a very interesting voice. Um, I think it fit this record, but I yeah. I think like if you put Bailoff on other records, it might not fit as well. Like say like Fleshers of the Flesh. I mean, they're a little bit different. Exodus Bought by Blood is just uh, it's almost uh, it's just so fucking heavy, dude. It's it's so intense. Like the tone of the album is so dark. You know, fucking the lyrics are angry. like murderous. You angry. Know? You know, angry, murderous. They talk about killing, fucking rape and murdering wives. You know, fucking insane, man. And and the, the thing about this album, too, is I could literally put it on and not skip a fucking track. Every track is a phenomenal thrash song and probably has one of my top five thrash songs on it, which is Strike of the Beast, which is fucking phenomenal. They still end the sh they, every show they do with it. I mean, still to this day. And it, uh, what, what's cool is me and Doug actually had the uh, the pleasure of seeing him do this whole fucking album live on the cruise. Last cruise we were on. Yeah, and, that was uh, me and Marco are one of the few metalheads that can say that we saw like over fifty plus shows in twenty twenty. Because as soon as we got back, there was like two shows and everything shut down for a year. Right. right. Wow. And, and on, a handful of guys on that same cruise, uh, I remember me and Marco were cutting through the uh, casino on one of the floors. I'm like, "Fuck, like Doug, is that like Tom Huntington? Like, yeah, I think it is. Hunting, uh, let's hunting, let him hunting, hunting, hunting. He's like, <laughs> "Hey, let's let's let him be." And I'm like, like, "All right, you're right." And then fucking, he starts kind of tiptoeing like by, and he's like, "Hey, where are you guys going? Come over and say hi." So he was. Yeah. Honestly, probably one of the nicest metalheads I think I've ever met. Anyway, I know Marcus never yeah, nice to me, but yeah, and, I, and I'm glad he survived the cancer. He had the cancer too, the stomach cancer, and he survived it. So yeah, that that was that would have it would have sucked to lose him. You know what I mean for the metal mm -hmm. community. But yeah, this band was around really early. Um, they a lot of people think they're not first wave, but they're totally first wave because they came out in '85. But they don't realize they formed in the '70s. Um, Kirk Hammett obviously was uh, the big original member who went on to be a Metallica. Um, 
What, what I don't know, man. It, it's just a classic. I mean, there's really nothing I could say. I, it's been this album's been talked about so much. I mean, it's it's a fucking stone cold classic. You know, a lot of people I will argue it might be the best thrash record of all time. I, it's in my top five for sure, for sure. The album wow. cover alone, man. <laughs> yeah, like the That's evil, an- like uh, the evil. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like uh, what is it, 1984? Uh, Van Halen a little bit. Oh yeah, they're yeah. not Siamese on it though, but it's like two babies on it smoking cigarettes and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Another one, on. I, terrible. The original. Another one. I think terrible. Kevin Ford gave me a perfect condition copy a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Did you get the combat version, the original? It's the combat, yeah. Nice. I'm pretty sure it's like nice. first. I, I want to say it might be first press. I did get yeah, yeah, I got a first pressing of it. I got a first pressing. It's actually not that expensive. It's not that expensive. You can't, um, the thing is, is they printed so many back then. That's what it, what's good about, like, the albums from that era. You know, like, even, like, Feel the Fire, you should be able to get for a relatively good price. You know, even though I haven't tried for that one, I got to get that one. I got to repress of that one. But, yeah. That, it's, it's funny you mention that, because if you don't mind, Kevin, I'll go next. Go my, ahead. uh, my next album is going to be, Overkill, feel the fire. Nice. Since we're on the topic, and it's funny because I actually have it in my hand right now. Um, so when I went to Europe in '06, I bought a handful of records for like 50 euro, no, 50, 50 cent euro. Fucking mucker, what would that be? Half a euro? What would yeah, 50 yeah. cents in, a, in euro be? Wouldn't 50, be 50 cent euros. I don't know. Fifty cent euro. Half a euro. By the way, yeah. while, while you guys are arguing about uh, euros and dongs, we got uh, Doctor J joined. What? Oh, nice. What up? What up? Buddy? What up? <laughs> Jason, can you hear me? Hi. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Good to hear. You. Good to hear that voice, Doctor J. I was not much, man. Are you, uh, are you talking? Uh, you got a microphone inside of a World War Two helmet? Sounding, sounding. Oh, you cut out. He's cutting out. Well, Doug, why don't you keep talking? He can uh, he can jump in whenever he he gets good service here. So, Doug, keep going. You were gonna. All right, cool. So, um, Dougie, yeah, put him on here. Oh, there we go. I'm getting I'm getting like sweet, sexy vibes and cutting in and out, and I like it. So, um, back in '06, I fucking uh, when I went to Europe, I remember bringing back one of the albums I brought back was Overkill, Feel the Fire, for half a euro at the time, and I remember I had a I had a fucking stack of them. I brought back five or six of them, like this, like Annihilator, Never Neverland. I remember getting Testament, um, New World Order for Kevin, which he probably hawked to sell his house or to buy his house. <laughs> I don't blame you. But um, and then I remember telling my ex at the time, "Hey, like I'm leaving tomorrow. Like go back and get these records. Like I'll fucking ship them back. Like throw away your luggage. I'll pay for your clothes. Fucking I don't care." And she went back, and they were fucking gone. So gone. So I was glad I got the ones I did. So the Overkill, Feel the Fire, I'm looking at it right now. It's weird because if you look at the original, Marco, you know as well as I do, Sonic Reducer, the Dead Boys cover, is the very last song on the it album. Yeah. And for some reason, it's the last song on side one when it's normally the last song on side two. And normally it wasn't even put on the record version. And this supposedly came out in, like, 86 when the album came out in 85. Yeah. So that's an earlier pressing that has Sonic Reducer, which is kind of weird. And that's another anomaly, like we're talking about with the uh, um, Halloween. Well, the, the Halloween, 
yeah. So, I don't know, I still haven't quite figured that out, but, um, yeah, so 1985, Feel the Fire, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's a banger. It's, the thing with 1985, it's this weird crossroads in metal. And I say this every year, but I think 85 really defines that where, I, we haven't talked about a couple of the albums, but, you know, obviously, um, an honorable mention is gonna be Death, I mean, um, Possessed at the, uh, Seven Churches. Seven Churches, yeah. So, metal just starts going in like 10 different directions right here. Before it was kind of like glam, new wave of British heavy metal and like a little bit of thrash. Now it's starting to go like more aggressive thrash. And then. Variety for sure, man. Yeah. So much variety in 85. Oh, and this is where it just kind of sounds like cactus and it shoots every which way and I love it. And this is such a, that's why this is such a fucking tough year to choose like top threes, you know, because. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, I mean, you look at, I'm even reading something here, like, for Feel the Fire, like, they're touring, right? In 85 and 86, they toured with Carnivore, S.O.D., Blessed Death, Nuclear Assault, Liege Lord, Black Flag, Venom, Anthrax, D.R.I., Agent Steel, Slayer. Like, what's, what's the common, I mean, aside from a couple bands, all fucking thrash bands. Yep. You know, like, that's what really blew up in 85. I feel like 85 is almost like the first year where it really went insane. I you know, agree. And in the next few years, you're going to get Dark Angels, Nuclear Assaults releasing their first records. You know, I mean, this is the year that Thrash blew up, in my opinion. Like, yeah. blew up. Well, I'm going to take us back a step and take us back to heavy metal. It less, less, uh. Fucking less, boring. Less no, I'm just thrash. Kidding. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That was the, that was the beauty. I mean, this is more of a continuation of uh, 83, 84, 85. I mean, 83, 84, in my opinion, into 85. Um, I had a tough time, you know, immediately when I, I totally forgot about Dio's record, uh, Sacred Heart. But I had that on the list. And then I, like Marco, I was like, I don't know, man. There's so many good records. I It's so hard to pick. Um so I'm really torn, but I'm going to stick with Dio just because it's his third record, third uh, third and last with Vivian Campbell, um, just a phenomenal guitar player. But I, I want to her. give a quick shout out. Oh, yeah, I love her. <laughs> I, she's the prettiest girl in Def Leppard. Um, uh, and he also lives here in New Hampshire, which is interesting. I don't know where, but um, dude, it wouldn't surprise me if he's got that mansion uh, up on Mountain Road, like way up in the back. That's Vivian Campbell. Wouldn't surprise me. He lives yeah, that'd be very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, he lives in the Concord area, uh, or did. That house sold, so somebody actually bought that. Um, uh, Wasp, man. I mean, The Last Command, it's... Uh, it's an amazing record. Dude, Wild Child is just like a staple metal tune, but I, I'm torn on that. I would have, I should have gone with Wasp, but I'm going to stick to Dio, um, Sacred Heart. It's, uh, I would say it's like, I mean, literally the, like in the line of the first three records, it's certainly the, the not the greatest of the three featuring Vivian, it's but you know, it's the weakest, but that's because it has, like, at this point, Dio is already pretty mainstream and massive, doing stadiums. Um, I'm pretty sure on this tour, I mean, I mean, this is was his most theatric tour. He had the giant fucking dragon that they slay out in stage and stuff. I mean, it was an amazing stage uh, show, for sure. You can look up videos. It's insane. Um, song I Hate is definitely Hungry for Heaven. I'll listen to it, but it's definitely not one of my favorite tracks. But, I mean, Another Lie is great. Just Another Day is great. Shoot Shoot is great. Sacred Heart is awesome. 
Um, like the beat of a heart is great too. So, I mean, like aside from all the like tracks that everybody knows, King of rock and roll, uh, you know, hungry for heaven, uh, rock and roll children, like the rest of the album's amazing. It just doesn't get the credit because those are the songs. So everyone, it's, it's definitely one of their more mainstream records. Yeah. I listened to it today as a matter of fact. And, uh, I found I loved King of Rock and Roll. I, I don't understand. Is it really live, or they just add the aesthetic to it? They added the aesthetic, and I hate that. Like, they, I feel like it ruined it. Like, yeah. I, whoever, another bad call. Like, they didn't need to do that. Like, all right. No. And then it goes into a regular studio sound. <laughs> right, but then it has like the clapping at the end. I thought maybe it was just such a good recording they kept it. Yeah. But I love the title track. But yeah. you're right. I think it lulls out a little bit for a little while. Like. Even Another Lie I thought was kind of a boring song. Hunger for Heaven's definitely the worst song. I agree with you. But when, like, The Beat of a Heart comes on, yeah. I think the rest of the album's phenomenal. Like, uh, it just, it just side B of that album just dominates. It, you know, I wish Sacred Heart was on side B instead of Hunger for Heaven, because I would just fucking play that on my record player constantly, and the, the other yeah. songs could eat a dick. Yep. But I love <laughs> those songs. Yeah. No, it's no. true, man. And I know Doug's not a big fan of this record, because Doug actually owned a copy and gave it to me. Oh, that's where it Remember went. Doug? I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gave it to me. You're like, I don't listen to this record, so you can have it. You like Dude, this that... record? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Dude, that was like probably a decade ago I gave that to you now, right? Yeah, you I... gave it to me a long time ago, yeah. I, I don't know when I was decade, in... but it's definitely been some years. I think it's back when I was in Walton, because I remember that not – that was before Discogs, and that was at least like probably 2010 or 2011, so. Yeah, it might have been, yeah, it might have been. I mean, we met we, – we started hanging in like 2010, so. Giving away yeah, a deal like record? It could have been. You know, unbelievable, Doug. You're so rotten to the core. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I, I, you know, again, I mean, we have a variety of metal here. I, just a shout out to Dio. Not the strongest record of 85 by any means, but I mean, it was, it was a good album. I think he had better albums after that one. Uh, but definitely a bunch of standout tracks. Don't skip this because there are so many good songs that you're just missing out on aside from the other, other part of the record. And for God's sakes, give Wasp a chance. I don't know why so many people think they're hair metal. They're not, dude. They're a metal band. Wasp have amazing songs. Fucking, even the record prior to this was just awesome. Awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck Like a Beast. Um, um, I'd have to look up the tracks. I forget the name of the uh, songs at this point, but School Days and all that shit. Yeah, it's just an amazing record, man. And The Last Command is really good from 85. Just two strong records back-to-back from Wasp. Put them on the fence. They're just a heavy metal band. I mean, you, you couldn't fit them into anything else. They're just really solid heavy metal from the early 80s. Dude, Absolutely, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm glad they made the list because, they, you know, their their gimmick is one thing. Their gimmick's fun. And then the music kind of is there to back it up. And like you said, they're not they're not hair metal like you think they would be. Like, that's why I always passed them off when I was younger for that exact reason. Yeah, you know? and one in, – in, in, a few other honorable mentions. I'm not even going to talk about them. I'm just going to give just a shout out. Um, it, definitely Soldiers of the Night, Vicious Rumors, um, Done with Mirrors Good from choice. Aerosmith, which nobody fucking nobody knows this album exists for. I love that reason. album, bro. I'm with you. Yeah, dude. Brad you. Whitford and Joe Perry came back to Aerosmith. It is a very very strong rock and roll record for Aerosmith. It is it is right up there with their early catalog from the seventies. So fuck off, listen to it. Um, and, and honestly, asylum from kiss, If you don't like it. Kiss my ass. Uh, it's, it is a really good record, man. There's some solid guitar playing on asylum from kiss. So 
Hmm. All right. I'll have to put those on the the old listen list. Oh, and Chastain. What am I saying, man? Fucking Chastain. Amazing record, man. Uh, Mystery of Illusion. Uh, I became a, a just a random Chastain fan. Great, great guitar playing. And the lead vocalist, very strong female vocalist in metal in those early days, had a very raspy, manly voice. Uh, awesome falsettos, but sounded like a dude. Uh, so check out Wait, Chastain. That came out in 85, the yeah. first one? Uh, Mastery of Illusion, uh, Mystery of Illusion. I don't know if that's their first record. Um, but, 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 yep, it's the debut record. No shit, I didn't know that was that. I thought that, I thought that was like early '90s and for some reason. And it's technically shred, you know, guitar playing, so it's on shrapnel. No shit. Yeah, it fits in line with Dude. Cacophony and all those other great guitar players. So, um, Dude, yeah. such a fucking year for metal. Like just yeah. every every which direction. This is where, like we said, metal goes every which way, and it's 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 a Relentless no man's from, name from there. Relentless awesome. from Pentagram, fucking Razor. I mean, there's just so many bands, man. There's so many, there's so many bands, so many different styles, uh, you know. So what happened? I think I got fucking taken off. No, you did. Yeah, I think so. I got but booted. Was, but uh, did you guys mention Rat? No. Invasion no, good, of your privacy. Good, good mention, man. Yeah. Yeah, fucking lay it down, bro. That's on fucking rules, oh, man. Oh, that does. Yeah, lay it down. Yeah. Yeah, I just got booted. I don't know what the fuck happened, but I'm back. Well, welcome back. Good, good mention. Though. Thank you. Yeah, for Rat. And Doug, I'm surprised. Maybe you you did, or maybe you forgot in your drunken haze, uh, Omen. I can't believe you didn't you didn't say anything about um, uh, mm-hmm. Warning of Danger. Warning of Danger. That was one of my, I, I love, and this is, this is Marco knows. This is like between uh, Battle Cry and Warning of Danger. It's like, it's like spreading the disease versus among the living for me. It's one of those like, you love one. Hate one or not love one, hate one, but you always like one more than the other. And I love, I love Warning of Danger, but if I had a top three, if Battlecry was on there, which it will be eventually, that'd be top three. Yeah, I, I do love Warning of Danger though. That's on my, that was on my honorable mentions list, but I'm not allowed to because I get yelled at for a honorable mention. Except for Razor, mention them. Except for Razor, I I don't know. I did miss a couple minutes of the show, but there's a couple I got uh, before we get to the number one pick. Infernal Overkill by Destruction. Uh, yep. Classic record, dude. It's one of my favorites. Uh, did you mention Iron Angel, Doug? I did not. I was waiting for you. I figured you were going to mention that yeah. one. Hell- Oop, I think Marco cut out again. Uh, he was going to say Hellish Crossfire, which also came out in 85. Another, I believe, German? German as well. Um Another great fucking early thrash record. Um, dude, Razor, like you just mentioned, Evil Invaders, man. Uh, the song Evil Invaders, Cross Me Fool, which is one of my easily top ten of all time thrash songs. Cutthroat, Iron Hammer, like just an all-around banger. Dude, Fate's Warning, um, Spectre Within. Um, Jim Gillette. Ky- <laughs> huh? I was just saying Jim Gillette. Fucking Jim Gillette. Jim Gillette? I love that Marco got cut off and Doug knew right what he was talking about. Yeah, he cut right into it. Exactly yeah. what he was about to say. Oh, hey, hey, Dr. Yeah, we, we finished this. This is Jay, by the way. Hi, Dr. Jay. What's up, buddy? Hi. How's COVID uh, treating you? Too bad. It it's, it's actually treating me like shit. Oh. Why? Well, <laughs> at least no, I, I, don't, I don't have COVID. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm good, though. I hope no, you have I'm, some good koozies to keep you comfortable, at least. Oh, dude, I'm drinking out of Leatherface's face right now. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Leatherface's face. <laughs> thank you, my thank you, my friend. 
I see. Uh, yeah. If I, I hadn't got Mark cut off, or I got a new, I got a new helmet here. So uh, if I hadn't got cut off earlier, it, was, it would have been perfect timing because I was calling in to talk about bonded, bonded by blood. But that was the one that I knew was going to be uh, Marco's pick too. Yeah, I you we I, I had a feeling too. Like when 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 we do like the years, we're like kind of like, hey, like this is the years, and we all kind of like throw our three in. And usually we're pretty diverse. We all I saw eighty five, and I went bonded by blood. Alright, hey, what's your number one pick of all of 1985, Jay, if you had to choose? Before we get to our number one. Bonded by Blood. blood. Okay. Yep, 100%. 100%. Great fucking choice. Fucking awesome, yep. Do you have a bit of a hint of what? might have a little to do with the fact that I can't stop listening to the new record, too. So that's got a little something to do with it. Ooh, so it's got a new record. Fucking killer. It's kind of rekindled the uh, the flame. Well, it kind of never went out. That album's, I mean, you hear Marco talk about it. And that that album just speaks for itself. It's just one song after the other. I listen to it right through, too. Just, and I, oh, I wish I could just loop it, like in the old days. Speaking <laughs> yeah, of the old... new album, did you know that, that album, I think this new record's done really well for them on the charts. Yeah. It's probably, one, probably one of their best, no like... Yeah, better ranking albums, I would say. Yeah, I think I think uh, Gary playing in Slayer definitely helped. Um, you know, pick up. You can hear it. You can hear it in some of the some of the riffing too. I mean, it's obviously still like so Gary, like all the riffing, but you can you can tell he spent some time with Slayer. It's, yeah, it's, it's evident. So you think <laughs> Kevin that he's so fucking killer? You think he gained a lot of Slayer fans or Exodus yeah. did because of Gary being in? Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, there's no doubt. He just naturally picked up people knew him from Slayer. Maybe he picked up a lot of young fans that really didn't know. They went backwards in Slayer catalogs, and, you know, they only knew Gary. That Kardashian Slayer. shirt probably didn't hurt either. Yeah, probably yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. And and so, I mean, for him, you know, it, it just really, yeah, I definitely think it helped the fan base. And uh, we know Slayer's gone, so a lot this of people... Would, I mean, if it is charting, it makes sense, because this album is, like, right up there with, as far as quality with like uh tempo of the damned is probably my that one and bonded are like my my favorites by them yeah it's a great this record, one's man. my new favorite it's just so fucking good <laughs> uh what's the what's the song from tempo i um is it calling the herd yeah calling the herd fucking love calling that track herd. man that's such a good song dude <laughs> tempo the damned too his wow, vocals wow, on the new wow, one is so so dad. fucking good yep. yeah dude i i'm glad I'm, I'm just glad they're doing well it's good to see you know, especially like Zetro, dude. He's you know been in and out and in and out and up and down and everywhere in between, dude. It's good yeah. to see them kind of have a good solid base and, and just playing fucking music again. You know, is uh yeah, Marco? I'm looking forward to Testament's new record too. When is that yeah, coming that, out? That's that's gonna be killer too. Marco back on? No, we would have heard him. I don't know. He says, that. "Oh, caller Brandon is live," but I don't know when that was, and it didn't say he cut out. So he might maybe he's on mute or something. I don't know. I'm going to disconnect him and see if I can get him to rejoin so we can wrap this up here. Uh... All right. So, so while, while you're doing that, one one more album I want to talk about. Um, there's a million. There's a million from this fucking year. And we should we could have our own second one just with, like we said, uh, honorable mentions. But, like, we get to have a whole half a podcast about SOD, speak English or die, dude. Super influential in many realms. Um, Jay, you can back me up on this one, dude. Possess seven churches, man. Like, this was – I. It, May or may not have coined the death metal term. You know, it is a um, 
you know, a song on the album and the aggression, the vocals. Like, we haven't heard vocals this deep and growly, you know, and this far in the music realm yet, you know? Yeah. So it's like we kind of... That that's one I wasn't, I wasn't as familiar with. You know, I, I'm not big. I'm not a big death battle guy. I never have been, but I got into it over the last couple of years, recently. Oh yeah, mostly, well, you know, uh, uh, death and obituary, all the stuff that I'm you know, just like revisiting. That I kind of I, so, I, I was like shying away from. I don't know why. I know even Kevin, <laughs> like Kevin will tell you, he was like fuck death metal, fuck obituary, fuck everyone, and then. Now, like, Obituary yeah, is his favorite live band besides Opeth. Yeah. And maybe even how many times surpassed well, it, Opeth. It came to a point where, like, where, like, I was, like, feeling so shitty at a, at a certain point. I was just like, I need something. I need a pick-me-up. And I'm like, these guys sound like they're having a terrible nope. time. And it's made me feel so much better. Marco, I hear you, man. <laughs> Dude, right? That's – and you, you get it, man. You fucking get it. Yeah, he's back. It sounded like a Marco. Is that a Marco? Yeah, you there? Everybody there? there? We're here. Hey, buddy. All I don't right. know where okay. he is. I don't know where Kevin went, though, but, I'm hey, here. we were just no. ch chiming in about fucking, like we said before, how 1985 is a crossroads in metal, and we're just touching upon, mm -hmm. dude, Possessed Seven Churches, how may or may not be the pinnacle of death metal, like the, the, the origin-ish. I mean, dude, another yeah. uh, honorable mention, which in the same realm as Possessed, dude, like Onslaught, Power From Hell, came out in 85. That's another yeah, very... I hear you, man. Heavy, aggressive. I just want to make sure. Can you hear me? We're having yeah. all types of issues right now for some reason. Oh, no. We can, hear, can hear you great, man. I just, we just can't hear Kevin now, but. No, I'm here. Good. Oh, hey, buddy. Yeah, right, I, was good, just, good. I was on mute while you guys were talking. Well, oh, okay. Look, let's, uh, why don't we, since we got Marco back here, why don't we wrap this beast up? And, uh, Marco, we'll, we'll let you, we'll give us our number one album for 1985. Well, it comes from uh, the band we were just talking about, Gary Holt was in, uh, 1985's uh, Precursor to Death Metal, Slayers, Hell Awaits. Well, the crew theater uh, pain. <laughs> yeah, Smoking in the Boys Room was my, my second yeah. favorite, but nobody agreed with me, you know. Yeah. But, we, hey, we're right. way off on our number ones, holy yeah, shit. <laughs> but, uh... Again, what can I say about this album? Uh, I think it's very influential towards the, the death metal genre along with Possessed. I don't think it gets enough credit, in my opinion. Uh, songs like Kill Again, I Thought They Sleep. I mean, there's not many on this, so I can just name them all. Eloates, Phrase of Death, Necrophiliac, Grips of Eternity, Hardening of the Arteries. This Wood Slayer got a little longer. They kind of found their own identity. Um, it's my personal favorite Slayer record. Uh, I know some, most people will say Rain and Blood or Seasons of the Abyss or whatever, Salt of Heaven. Mm. But this is my personal favorite. Um, I, I, not much more to say. Kill Again has probably one of the best riffs fucking of all time. Dude, I really uh, like Donnie these... Sleep has one of the best middle breaks of all time. That I love these first oh, couple records. I, I, I would agree, man. I, for whatever reason... I really like early Slayer. I, you know, I know their first record definitely had more of a maiden feel, but even though this, I just don't know that, you know, the later, more popular records were really great for the time, but these, these two records and, and Hello Eights more importantly, man, it's like, this was just genre defining, you know? I agree. It was and I the, really uh, think it, a like, Slayer record that I put on when I found out that, uh, Jeff Haneman died. That was the first record I put on. Oh. It's not my favorite Slayer record, but it's it's the first, it was the, it might have just been the the closest one to me. 
when I heard, when I heard and I just threw it on and I listened to it. It is it's one of the, it, it's a, it's up there as far as my favorite Slayer records. I, I I agree with Marco. Probably probably my favorite personal favorite. I mean I love most you know, but this one here it's just dude. It's so fucking dark. It's so fucking fast. It's so grim, and Kerry doesn't have as many ridiculous random solos as he does in Salt the Heaven and Rain of Blood. Yeah. So so those those factors alone, dude, it's just like the, the album in a whole, the artwork, fucking it's just a full package, man. And one fucking album. Yep. It just slaps. Yep. Yeah, and that's why I always say, man, if if you know, people complain about their solos, but like just listen to their first two records. They can solo. So it shows me that later on, it's just a choice. They're doing it for the atmosphere, which I don't mind. On Rain and Blood, I think it's so fitting, like because just the, the the pace of the album and the chaos. It's so chaotic. But as far as like the later stuff, like the more calm stuff, like as far as like like you know, season of like Blood Red. Why does it need a screechy ass solo? You know what I, I mean? Know, but on these I, albums, they actually solo properly. The, the later anything after it just this, I like that calling same. card after a while, you know, to have that kind of solo, you know, it was like it was just like a distinctive. Oh, that's a Slayer solo. It's like yeah, yeah Rain and Blood started that all. And you, you could take you could take any of his solos like after Hello Wait and switch him for any other song and any other solo, and you wouldn't even fucking know the difference because you just know there's a and then a ridiculous solo coming that doesn't make sense. I hate to say, it. fuck Harry. I love Slayer, fuck <laughs> Why? I, I have to understand why. Why does it get included? Like for genres, I mean, if you look on Google, it says Hellawaits and genres: thrash metal, black metal, speed metal. Where does the black metal take place? Is it in the lyrical content? Bro. Is it the? Uh, I, I think, think lyrical content. Yeah, I, I think the lyr- like lyrically very dark, which isn't uncommon for the time, but then. Some of those riffs are just very fast and chuggy, like you would are, are a little bit reminiscent. Very fast trabello picking. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Of, of reminiscent of the black metal, like early black metal. Like Kevin, just listen to the song "Kill Again." Yeah. And, and listen to that main riff, like, and you can hear it a little bit mm. in that song. And I and I okay. think like All again, right. like you, I can see that it just borders that death metal line too. Yeah. And I think, like, if it wasn't for this album, I think death metal might have not been what it is. Yeah. This Between this and Possessed. Interesting. All right. Dude, I mean, I've always heard, like, I've I've had this argument with many, many friends over the years, like, that, like, is Slayer a thrash metal band or a death metal band? What? Have you ever heard that argument? I never want to listen. I don't, I don't want to hear that argument. Marco, have you? What, if they're thrash or death? Yeah. I, I think they're thrash, but they definitely influence death. I think, uh... They were the band to take it to the next level, like, without a doubt. I mean, dude, like, this album, and I'd say Bought It By Blood for this year, like, were the albums that really were the heaviest fucking things on the face of the planet at that time. Maybe Possessed, too. But then you go to, you know, like, the, the next year, which the album definitely might be, even be the number one album, who knows. But Rain of Blood is what really, I think, like, really cemented it, how fast and aggressive and... I think they just took shit to the next level. Without them, I don't think it would have gotten heavier. And I think that's what their their mark on metal will always be. Like, they just pushed it. Like, Metallica pushed it, too, for their time. And I think Slayer heard Metallica, and they kind of just did kind of a copycat thing, like Kevin said. Shona Mercy had, like, some Priest vibes, main vibes. 
some Venom vibes, but I think this album pushed them forward, and I think it just made the genre so much heavier. Yeah, all right, I can see that. Uh, So there's a quick story, though, I want to tell, though. On the tour for this this record, um, they were on tour with Venom, and uh, Tom Mariah was fucking hammered. Marco? <laughs> um, I thought this was a really nice good. I thought there's a really good build-up. No, we just lost Marco. I wish I knew the story to continue it for him, but um, obviously pause the, for dramatic effect. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, wow, this is the best build-up ever. <laughs> so, um, Doctor J, you you know Dono, um, a kid we grew up with. He was the one that like I would always get in a fight with over fucking Slayer. He's like, no, Slayer's not thrash. They're a death. They're death metal, and I'm like. Like, you're an educated kid, you know music, and I'm like, where are you getting this from? And then, like, I did a little more research, and I'm like, all right, this is an actual argument that, like, metalheads have about, like, earlier Slayer. Like, whether they're technically, quote-unquote, death metal. And the same thing, it's like, quote-unquote, you know, black metal, speed metal influence. I mean, obviously speed metal, but... So I think it's just kind of like... Well, I mean, like, all their all their albums are pretty dark. Uh, that we can all agree on that, but the, the earlier ones, you could say, yeah, are... They're not as thrashy. They're more, you know, especially Hella Waits, where that, that's the one that I think is probably making people say that. It's because it has, like, obviously death metal bands borrowed from that album. Yeah. And you can think of other thrash metal bands like, like Sepultura, who obviously started out with, like, more roots in more of a death metal sound than thrash. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of like... black metal, too. They go hand in hand as... Boom. There he is. There. So yeah. I, I don't I don't know how far I got in my story. I apologize, but he said piss in my mouth, and then Tom Mariah ended up pissing in his hair. Wait. I <laughs> think oh. from Venom. That, we got, we got the punchline. The the we got the punchline before that we was, got the story. Honestly, yeah. that was even better. That's even yeah. better. We yeah. don't even need the setup now. Yeah. You can look into the story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Yeah. So fuck. I mean, I, I can see that, dude. All, all monumental albums. It's funny too, because 1985, as far as like artwork goes too, like think of some of the albums, like Possess is a very boring album cover, I would say, but like creator. Yeah. Uh, iconic almost, though. Iconic, yes, but boring. But, like, compared to, like, say, Endless Pain, you know, or Hell Awaits, we have, like, demons ripping apart, fucking people dropping into hell. Like, I think this was the year that really kind of, there was, like, a, a, a mm-hmm. change uh, in sound as well as, like, the um, imagery. You know, if you think a lot of these, like, covers, they're starting to get a little bit more kind of, like, pushing the boundaries with. And I know it was, like we said before, it was a big sci-fi fantasy type time. And a lot of these artists, like uh, Simon Beasley and... What's his name that did the um, like ri- Death Rider with Danzig Frank uh, Frank Frazella 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 sure. I can't remember. We'll go with that. Um, it, but they all had that same kind of like you know, and a lot of like the creepy, eerie, famous monster magazines I have. A lot of them have artists, and you can tell it's like, oh fuck, that looks like Pleasure to Kill. Oh, that's why because he did this album, you know, this artwork, that artwork, that artwork. You know, it was just they they had more. Um, more, uh, pizzazz. Pizzazz, yeah. 
They just they just cared more about the fucking album covers back then. Yeah. And that's why like I love buying the older stuff on a twelve by twelve vinyl record because I want the liner notes. I want that huge cover. Like that's the shit that they put that much money and effort into way back when, you know? Back in my day we had That's what makes Doug hard. Yeah. It does, yeah. You kids today, you don't appreciate anything. You just download it and you listen to it when you want. You don't have to listen to the whole record. Are you my, back in my day, I had to listen to side A and side B. Dude, 100%. You know what drives me fucking crazy? And we'll get to this one when I think 1986 or no, 87. Dude, if you were going to have a vinyl record, the dumbest thing you'd ever do was like uh, Onslaught in Search of Sanity. They their fucking intro was like a two minute fucking like it was just like a humming for two minutes called Asylum. I'm like, why the fuck would you do that when people listen to this shit on record? Do you know what I mean? Listen I would to rather be like rant in progress. Oh <laughs> no, it drives me fucking bananas because <laughs> now at least fucking like look at like municipal waste and shit like that. Like they have an intro, but it's like fuck. All right, this album's gonna rip, not just two minutes of fucking. Yeah. We'll get there. I'll, I'll we'll bitch 1987, too, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank Dr. J for jumping on and giving us uh, his his feedback. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening to episode one of Vintage Burn. This is Kev saying make sure you listen to Dawkin under Lock and Key for 1985. <laughs> yeah, Another, oh, nice. Um, Doug signing out. Um, we should just dock. In general, um, your your call, no, no pressure. <laughs> Jesus Christ! And uh, this is uh, Marco. Halloween kills. Suck dick. Have a good night. Ah, oh, fuck you! All right, we're not going into this. <laughs> Triggered warning. Triggered. All right, guys, thank you very much. We will. Uh, oh, look at that! We got hearts. That's beautiful on the mobile app. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you very much for listening to us. Good night. Yeah, have a good night, guys. Thank you, Dr. J.